0: And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael.
1: All right, folks. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 10 with our good buddy Chris Emerson. And we have uh, Indian philosophy and uh, the Vedas. Yo, yo.
0: What's up?
1: All right, let's jump into this. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what Vedas have you read, uh, Chris, or have you only read a couple or?
2: Um, I am, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita and I'm still, <clears throat> still working on it. It's a massive undertaking. What's um, a ve- What's
1: a Vedas? What is this? That's the ancient Indian, uh, texts, um, kind of like the the bibles but of like ancient india kind of a thing but it's more more constructive like there's medical ones there's you know there's like a thing kind of for everything um but that's actually (laughs) the bhagavad-gita is part of the mahabharata uh uh, which has got like a bunch of different books as part of it but the the bhagavad-gita is actually part of that um and the Mahabharata is actually the longest poem ever written. I think they said it's like 1.8 million words, 200,000 uh, verses, and it's like ten times as long as the Iliad.
2: Damn. Yeah, it's massive. So yeah, the um, so while I am studying the Bhagavad Gita, what I mostly study is the work of um uh, Swami um who is the founder of the uh, Vedanta Academy in uh it's by Mumbai India and uh he is uh he, he he's the author of I think it's 11 books and uh one of which is the uh the 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 commentary of the Bhagavad Gita that I'm reading so it's it's the verses and then his commentary and uh and it's it's really it's it's really challenging. I mean, it's it, like it's a massive amount of stuff to take in, and it's very poetic, like you said, it's like a poem, and it's and it's hard to kind of decode sometimes. Um, uh, but uh, the, but the 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 book. So I'm uh, the what I mostly study is the philosophy of Vedanta, and it's all you know, it's all connected. So the it, the underlying philosophy of Vedanta is what I really love because of the practical. Uh, use of a lot of it and so he has some books that are really great he's really good uh swamiji uh at, at taking these really um amazing and ancient i mean we, we were kind of texting about this yesterday you know how old uh these texts are i mean they're yeah, thousands, says
1: there's no, thousands well yeah it says there's no specific but they think it might be like 8th or ninth century bc maybe even earlier but that's just what you know
2: Oh no no it's much older than that it's it's at least 5, I think so 000. too
1: but if you go yeah. by like what the scholars say or whatever yeah i mean most oh, people most people have it like guys. <laughs> most people have it at like 300 BC which i don't believe either i mean that are the for, are you
2: for, for, for what though? What are you? What are you speaking For the, the, about? The,
1: the 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 what we're talking about, like the uh, Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata, you know, like all that stuff. They think oh. is like the Iron Age, like in between, like a thousand and one AD, like kind of somewhere in there.
2: No, that, I think I, I'm I'm fairly certain that's just that's incorrect. Uh, <laughs> it's on Wikipedia Can somebody <laughs> look this up? Just like, yeah, yeah, it's on
1: Wikipedia.
2: Oh, Wikipedia! Oh no. <laughs> I, I
1: I agree with you though. I think it's like yeah. thousands of BC is what I think it it, it well, is. But look, I'm just going by what mainstream says it is.
2: Well, look, these are the same people that that tell us that it was hunter gatherers. You're just talking about you know the temple, you know uh, uh, Gobekli. You know it's like. Right. (laughs) I mean, these are the, I mean, these, the, the, or the, or the things mainstream says about Egypt, you know, and the great pyramids. It's like, I mean, I I would take that with not a grain of salt, but a massive satchel, (laughs) you know I mean? A big block
1: of fucking sandstone, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, um, there's some amazing truths, but the um, philosophy of Vedanta is so amazing because it's, it's so universal. It's not, you know, uh, uh, it's not a religion per se. You know, it's very religious in the sense that it's trying to uh, get us back to the true self, you know. But, um, but anybody, anybody from any background whoop, uh, 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 could get something out of it. And, and it sure. could even enhance whatever your, you know, uh, religious affiliation or, or, or lack of, you know, could enhance it.
0: I was going to ask you not to get off a uh, t- topic or whatever, but what would be a good beginner approach to getting into this stuff
2: of that of v- Vedanta specifically? Yeah. Uh, I would recommend the fall of the human intellect by the same author, a Partha Um, uh, uh, it's a really good, um, kind of, uh, distilled. It, it's like a, um, a bit of a simplified version of some of his other works. Uh, the one that, uh, so in addition to the Bhagavad Gita, I'm also, I do a, a weekly study group and we're studying the uh, Vedanta Treatise, which is maybe his most popular book. You know, it's a bestseller and, you know, so on yeah. and so forth. But The Fall of the Human Intellect is a really good uh, starting point, or The Holocaust of Attachment, or uh, he, has, he has a few others that are... um.
1: Now, what would you say, like, I mean, we hear all this, like, Swami, like, what's the difference between a Swami and a guru? Because I know there are gurus in India, too.
2: Well, Swami Swamiji is just a, t- a term of endearment. Um, uh, so you know,
1: he, people say Swami, they consider, like, that's considered grouping, like, if you were to say guru or spiritual leader or something like that, right?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: is it all the same thing? I mean, that's why I'm asking, like, is...
2: um. I mean, like it, it'd be like, it, it, like it's kind of like how you say. Uh, let me think of the way to articulate this. Like, you wouldn't, if you were in person with him, you would say, mm-hmm. "Oh, Swami Ji, thank you." You wouldn't say, "Oh, Guru, thank you." Right. You know what I mean? He is a guru because. But you a might teacher. tell
1: other people that he is your guru. Is what you would probably say then.
2: I would or have no, no problem with that. You know, or you because,
1: would just say Swami still. Like that's what I'm asking.
2: Um. I he he's a guru he's a teacher he's he's somebody that's trying to um push humanity forward you know so he is he's a great teacher um mm-hmm. uh as far like you know I I don't speak sanskrit or I'm not you know like I, I or anything like that but uh the, the it's kind of like um uh, saying, uh, n- I mean, I guess this is kind of different, but it's like you say, "dad." You don't say "father," you know, or you know what I mean? Like, right, you just, right. it's just a ter- Swamiji. It's like a respect and it's a a, a term of endearment. Okay, um, makes sense. Uh, but he is a guru for sure. So, to a lot of people. Let's talk about the author of all of
1: this original stuff. I think his name is Vyasa. Is that correct? Um, if he's basically. uh, they call him like the recorder, or like the person that records everything. And he was the original author of all this. And it's said to have come to him from the gods. And then he passed it along, you know, to the people. Um, and he's considered one of seven. Like around the world, there's all these sevens, like the Apkalu. Um, you know, the seven disciples, there's seven of all of these spiritual people that are associated with like divinity throughout most cultures. If you look through the history, whether it be South American, uh, Indian, um, you know, Buddhism, like there's always like some sort of seven connected with that. So it's kind of weird.
2: Seven notes in the scale, seven days in the week, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of sevens. uh, That's for sure. Um, yeah, I can't really speak too much to to the uh, the original OG, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, um, but as a whole, I mean, it's really some incredible stuff. I mean, obviously, like we've said, it's a massive amount of um, uh, uh, material, mm-hmm. and uh, it, the, the stuff I've read, for instance, in the Bhagavad Gita, it's very, um, uh, yeah like there there are other hurdles you have to get around when you're reading it too, as far as understanding sort of the language of the time and the way that things were said and the metaphors that are being used and the, you know there's there's a lot of um uh and i and I feel like it seems like the Bible is similar in that sense where it's like they're trying to tell you a story through uh, were we talking about this before like getting treats yeah. out of po- like poems or or. Yeah, um, well, that's I- why-
1: that was my next question. Actually, was you think it's more of like an alleg? Do you think there's anything in there that's literal, or do you think that it's just more of like a whole, like a satire, like an allegory type thing, where you're supposed to just take from it what you interpret based off of your studies?
2: Wait, did you want to say, something Hogan, or do you want? Oh, to- I, mean, I was just going to say that a lot of
1: <laughs> a lot of Catholics actually
0: take like well, a lot of Christians take the Bible as literal. A lot of people are. Oh think that this is literally what it's supposed to mean is what's, you know, it's saying. So I okay.
2: Know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. But, to, but it to the point that it's supposed to be literal, I think this is like. mystical beings or, you know, some of this stuff. And I think it's something I've touched on a little bit as far as now, this is stuff I've learned from, from Swami G. is that, what happened was um the uh the uh, the ancients recognized that people um they, so they call it the, the, they made a distinction between uh uh the formless Brahman they call it, so you could you could call that God, you know if you want the the source but it but, but it's everything so it's formless it's very it's very similar to what quantum scientists say or physicists say you know there's this this state of potential and it you know it could be this or it could be that and
1: um yeah, that's what we were talking about dark energy how or dark matter they think are these particles that are like chameleon like it becomes whatever it needs to be for the next progression of whatever that is.
2: Yeah. So, so what they recognize is that the average person can't really wrap, well, not even just the average person, it's just very hard to wrap your head around the concept intellectually or emotionally or any of that of like this formless, potentially causeless cause, you know, these kind of things that are beyond our our grasp, grasp. So, what they did was create on um, these deities as uh, personified expressions of it. So, so for instance, if if there was somebody that was inclined to be like a business type. You know, a merchant or whatever, they had a, you know, a God for that or a God for war or a God for this or a God for that. You know what I mean? But it wasn't yeah. that, but it wasn't to be, uh, uh, as I understand it, to be taken literally as all these beings flying around. That <laughs> That's this what Christianity that.
0: got it wrong, man.
1: Well, no, I mean, what we're, we're talking God about these texts. They do have these things. They're called Vimanas and they're flying machines. And actually there's been, um, aerospace engineers that have taken these exact directions out of these Vedas that we're talking about and recreated these things and they fly. Like one of them was made out of wood and it kind of looked like a blimp, but in a weird way and it like flew and everything. So oh, there's well, some stuff yeah. going on there. Like obviously they had technology to fly around. I mean, it's in their books from the, you know, in the works.
2: Yeah, I, okay. I, yeah, I didn't even. I, I, I was using flying around as like, like, you mean like an, like, an angel? Or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, <laughs> it, it, it was more a way for, um, uh, people to have something to connect to. It's kind of like, I think, I think that's the attraction for a lot of people, for instance, with Christianity, because there's a, there's a, a specific deity, there's a there's a mm-hmm. specific being that you're you're you are you are you are kind of surrendering to and you're you're devoted to. Plus and, you can look in
0: the uh, mirror and see what it's you know uh, you're a spinning image of God that, or
2: whatever. Oh you cut you cut out on me. Would you say Hogan?
0: I was just saying that you're you're a spinning image of God, you know I mean that's why Christianity people can say like I'm you know I look similar to this this deity or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, and there's a lot of parallels with that, that that kind of concept of the kingdom of God is within you, and and you know there's there's uh, that, but that's that's really the crux of Vedanta anyway is that uh, you know like I know we've done this this thing who are you and then you say I'm Hogan and then no you're not Hogan that's your name I'm a human no you're not that's your you know it, like you can go right. through it.
1: I'm Kevin. No, I'm not. I'm Maurice. Oh, yeah. Maurice. I'm, not. I'm Dogen. No I'm, no,
2: I'm not. I'm Hogan. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. Yeah, no, so it's it's trying to get it, it what it's saying is that, you know, that that Brahmin is expressed as Atman is the is the individual expression of it in everybody, but it's the same source. It's the same it's it's the you know. Um I that like that. Sounds like up.
1: the that sounds like the Egyptian uh thing too, like Atman, like they have an Atman for I don't know exactly what it is but if you look it up I think there's something very similar in Egyptian um, ancient Egyptian text too.
2: Yeah. So it's in it, it, what it's saying is that look, you know, <laughs> you're, you, we're searching all over for things externally but there's only one place <laughs> to look. And so, like uh, now, as far as the Bhagavad Gita, as far as I understand it, you know, it's it's the story about these two families. There's one that is uh, more righteous, and one that's kind of you know they're they're not so much they're more, they're evil, Corrupt. And yeah, and 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 uh, and there's this epic battle that ensues. Um, and so the the um, uh, Arjuna is the one of the main characters in the story and he's this this fierce warrior and krishna uh he he didn't know at the time but krishna is this self-realized um uh like christ-like being okay and he but he's a friend of his but he doesn't realize yet how how powerful he is and uh, how wise he is but anyway he gets to the battleground and they're about to have this epic throwdown to get their kingdom back and restore righteousness in, in, in the kingdom and he looks across the battlefield and he sees all these people. He knows he even sees some family members. He sees uh, people he, uh, that, that were his teachers and, and so on and so forth. But he looked and he said, how, how, can I, how can I fight these people? You know, how can I kill them? You know, these are uh, some of these people I love. And then Krishna, then he goes on to tell him, you know, you, you're being attached. You know, you have to do what's your obligation. You know, you have to do what's right. Um, you're being attached to these people but uh and it gets kind of tripped out you know the thing is we see each other and we think that's what it is we think oh here's my body this is what's real and he's saying they're gonna die but they they, their body dies but like you know that's not the end of anything anyway so what do you what's the problem you know you need to you need to do what's right you know and uh and so it's so the, 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 the rest of the whole thing is him kind of slowly trying to get out, or Krishna's trying to get him out of this this uh, this despair that he's in, where he he's kind of uh, temporarily disabled, like he can't he can't even function and do his duty. Uh, but anyway, as far as I understand it so far, it's 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 an it, it's all a tale of the internal. You know, it's a battle within everybody between good and evil, and and doing your duty. You know, uh, and not being attached, uh, or at least you know doing the best you can. Uh, so and I, I you know, I suppose you could read it and be like, okay, this is a, a, a historical event that took p- place or something. But I you know, I don't know. I I, I don't know yeah. if that's how it's supposed to be, right. be looked.
1: Could be at. like Atlantis. Like it could have just been a story to to describe something that. Is more of just like a uh, like a lesson or something.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and because you know we hear this all the time. The only, or I, I don't know, maybe I, I do. The only battle you know really worth throwing down with is the the one that you can do in yourself. I mean, what do you get? You know. <laughs> It's like, especially nowadays, it's like, what do we we you're gonna, you're gonna try to change all these people's minds about this or that or the, this political view or that view, and you you don't even have your own self together. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. It's like, and I'm I'm not saying like anybody. I'm saying my own self. It's like, what do you know? Sure. Take care, you gotta get yourself right. You know. Um.
1: What uh, have you come across? Anything that you find? To have some sort of like importance like in terms of like mystical importance or do you think everything is just visceral lessons for this world or have you found anything that you're like your mind's been blown by it kind of like you don't know what to make of it
2: yeah every day i wake up and am alive it's mystical i mean it's an absolute miracle you know what what i mean mean,
1: like telling on the show like who am i who are you what is this (laughs) like the fact that we're even having this conversation right now through this machine, you know, it's just like what the hey. fuck is going on right now?
2: Yeah, you know, like the, the whole thing about like, uh, um, show me evidence for miracles or show me evidence for this or that. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just so we have, like I said, we have this this weekly study group, um, and uh, Vedanta study group, and and we were talking about this very thing, and I'm like, what more do you need? We're 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 spinning around. You know, right. floating around here, you know, chasing this massive sun. where, you know, like, yeah, I
1: think we're moving at like tens of thousands of miles an hour right now.
2: Oh, it's. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. You could you could do any. You could think of any little thing. I mean, the incredible balance, the role that the clouds play to give to give life, the role that the the, the all the ecosystems play. Like, it's absolutely incredible. And to wonder where a miracle is is uh, like. <laughs>
0: What do you mean uh, dude that's just random stuff bro it's just random uh, I random.
2: mean I don't even have time for that man <laughs> I mean, like so so it's anyway, random bro so I don't I mean I, it, it kind of sounds like I'm dodging the question maybe a little bit but I really I I really think that you know and especially after the experience that we've been through in that car accident and then you look and you look and you say this is that that, that was a a, miracle, a small miracle for me you know uh, yeah but
0: then you also yeah. question why did we live and some don't
2: well, um maybe it's
1: i to live your life, you know, in a productive like you were spared so that you could kind of change your ways or do, you know, like Chris look at what this kid's done. This kid's gotten into crazy philosophy, cleaned up his life in a in a super positive way. I don't think that I think there's some people that don't do that, but I think you'd be missing out on the point, you know.
2: Well, okay, the question like the question of why did I and why not? Because my good friend, when we were 19, got into a car accident almost in the same, I mean, the same place, going, going the same direction on the same freeway and, and didn't make it. Um, but, but, and, and I miss him all the time. But the thing is, I'm less concerned with the question of why did I live and, you know, it, it, I'm more concerned with now what, what am I going to do with my time? you know yeah that's what, a positive
0: right. outlook for sure
2: you know what i mean because because like i said last time we were talking together there're things that i can't answer there're things i can't know what i do know is i am here or at least i think i am <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh and so and 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 that's not to say i don't waste my i like i was just talking with sarah about this video um i was talking about that podcast that jo- joe rogan had with jordan peterson and he was talking about uh, he was putting uh, putting things into uh, this uh, really interesting context of uh, wasting your time or being productive, and so he like the gist of it was he he's a professor, psychologist, and he was asking his students, you know, how much time on average do you think you waste a day? And so like he would ask, okay, six hours a day or whatever. I think it was when he said six hours a day, like eighty percent of the class raised their hands.
0: I'm afraid to question my limit.
2: Well, well, check this out. This is a cool way to look (laughs) at it, even though it's kind of a little, you know, utilitarian in nature, but he was like, how much time? So he said, okay, six hours. That's, uh, you know, then he went through all the math and what it ended up being, if you, he said, how much do you think you're worth? You know, and then he said, let's say $50 an hour or whatever. Okay. And then, just the amount, then when you end up at the end of the day, you know, you end up with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of potential wasted just to and just looking at it through the lens of it, like, like, like I said, a utilitarian kind of like economic, yeah, way. that's crazy, y- you know what I mean? Like, look at all the time you could be productive. And so, anyway, what about, the,
0: what about the time I spend dreaming though, bro? <laughs> <Some> crazy <laughs> shit can happen in there.
2: I agree, yeah, I had a crazy dream last night too, but. So but did I. But really, like, um, but the point being is that if you are here, you know, it's like, then Then the question is, um, well, what are you going to do? And what direction are you going to go? You know?
1: Yeah. To kick it back to where we were, you are talking about Atman. The there's an Egyptian. It's controversial, but you know the sun that's in the, all the glyphs with like Akhenaten. It's got all the rays coming off of it. Most of the Egyptian glyphs. Uh-huh. That's called that's called Aten, and some people think it means like the God within. So there might be something weird correlation between Egyptians and I mean Atman and Aten. That's both kind of saying similar things about similar uh, aspects of, of your soul. You know, so I mean there might be something to that.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, well, the soul that, yeah, this is another thing we were talking about in, in the study group is I think it is kind of akin, the concept of Atman seems to, to me to be akin to the concept of a soul. You know, it's the individual expression of God, really. You know what right. I mean? Um, That's uh, what we, were ta-
1: we keep talking about that too. Like in the Urantia book, it talks about you have a spark or like a piece of God within, you know, there's a piece of God within everybody, you know.
2: Well, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, just think of it logically. So, if if you if 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 you believe in, no, no, whether whatever you want to say about what you think God is, if we say okay, God at least is the source of what we know and what we are and what we have here. Okay. Yeah. Th- therefore, if if that is the source, then that source is you're a part of that. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So, there's no question about that. Do you do you, understand, you know what I mean? Like, sure. even if even, yeah, sure. you think of, even it if you what think, you're made out of, you know, right. Yeah. Well, okay. I was just going to say, even if you think, even if you're coming from like a reductionist, uh, materialistic point of view, okay, let's look at matter or look at, uh, you know, like we're, it, it, there's a source of, of matter and you're part of that. Whether right. you say, okay, it's from a star or from, you know, a cluster of this or that, it's like, there's a connection, there's a oneness, you know?
1: We were talking about that on the last podcast about AI how we yeah, are completely a little different. Bit of that out. Yeah, yeah, we're completely different, you know, like we create them and they're made from the stars, but so are we, but you couldn't we can't fathom somebody creating us. So maybe that there's another relationship like how we are to robots or AI, there's something to us where they like snapped their fingers or did something or whips not like a guy but it could have just been energy it could have been a pure consciousness soul it could have been anything um and is where we can't fathom how we were created that's the same thing of like what a robot would be you know like there's something different there's like a like a level you know
2: mhm uh yeah i mean like we think
1: biology is super, like DNA is super, you know, it's super, super complex. And I think, didn't you, what's that analogy, Kevin, about the assembling a plane or something in a hurricane is like the equivalent yeah. of how DNA was, you know, created.
0: If a tornado went through a junkyard and assembled a 737 jet, that's like us randomly forming DNA. And that's a scientist saying that. So that's kind of fucked up, but...
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, mean, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know it just didn't happen. I mean, Jesus.
2: I mean, again, you know, I, I I'm sorry. I just, you know, that that doesn't make sense. You know.
1: Right. Yeah. But again, like we're just because we look at ourselves different than things that we can create. Maybe this other entity looks at us the same way. You know, not that it doesn't value us, but just that. How so? Well. So if we create a robot, that robot isn't going to know, it might know, but it doesn't know, you know, there's no soul. There's nothing there connecting it to. It's just going to do whatever it's told to do. Why we couldn't necessarily interpret something like that because we only know what we know, you know, there might be something higher than this. There must be, there might be multi-levels higher than us that, you know, this dude creates this dude, this dude creates this dude, this dude, it just keeps going, you know, I don't know you know, you know, <laughs> it's like the, the giant's marble within the marble, within the marble, within the mar. you know, like you can only fathom what you can this, you know, touch with your, your see your smell or whatever, you know, using your senses and what you have on this earth, there's, there could be infinite levels of that, you know?
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so to bring it back to, um, uh, the Vedantic point of view with these things. It's like, what they say is, you know, there's, there's the, uh, I've mentioned this before, I think too, there's the, the waker, the dreamer and the deep sleeper. Okay. And these are like three, um, states of consciousness that we all experience, but in each one, like for instance, the, the, um, the dreamer is not aware of the waker, you know, when the dreamers in the, in the dream state, they, right. they are convinced that's, that's just, that's what, that's real. Yeah, and that's then true. the deep sleeper is in this state of kind of nothingness and it's, you know, um, uh, and, and that's unaware of the other two states. Now, when mm-hmm. you're, when you're the waker, you you can you can think and talk about the dreamer and the deep sleeper but then similarly there's this other that's what they call self-realization there's this other state so we're assuming just like the other states that that what that we're in at that moment is real and mm-hmm. and that's the problem uh mm-hmm. it's 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 an illusion um that's but is there ever
0: is there ever a realm that is real So, like if we when we pass away, then we go to a next stage. Is that the real one, or is that oh, is that a different state of not being this is real?
1: Like, what here and now, I think this present moment is the only thing that's real, right?
2: Uh, I, I, well, you know, you have to ask yourself what is real, okay? Because, first of all, um, the organs of perception that we have. You you would have to be assuming that you have all that you know. You, you have all the tools to see everything that you could see. So th- this is an interesting thing. I just I just <laughs> was reading a children's book with my daughter, and they had this this little section, and there's a picture of a flower with a bee, and the flower was mm-hmm. yellow, and then th- then they showed what the the bee sees is this ultraviolet kind of blue because yeah. they're they're equipped to see ultraviolet, or you know, and, and yeah. so even in just that case. What is perceived to be real uh, is different for for just between a human and a bumblebee, <laughs> you know what That's I mean? Crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, or similarly, like a uh, uh, I think it's elephants that can hear super super low frequencies. I might be wrong on that, but
1: uh, no, I think look, I think you're right. I think you're onto something with this whole what we can perceive and perception and senses and all that. I mean, look, I was reading this thing. It's, um, it's comitology or comitology something, but it's like the study of ancient, you know, uh, Egyptians. But back then they thought they knew of 360 senses. So like there's this bubble around you, like the sphere that you lived within and every part of that sphere was a sense Like you literally had a sense for everything. So maybe these people were more advanced in that, you know, like we break it down into five things and it's easy and it's simple but maybe it is far more complicated and since we don't think about it or work on those other aspects that you know it's always the same thing
2: yeah yeah, but even even that, like, even the things I'm talking about, they're still dealing with the terrestrial. So I, I, I kind of, we get on these stream of consciousness things, and I forget what I've t- talked about, so it might be repetitive. <laughs> but d- d- weren't we talking about the, the Sattvic uh, and, 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 uh, and the difference yeah, between... Yeah, you want more of that Sattvic. <laughs> but, th- but then talking also about the difference between uh, uh, the gross intellect and the subtle intellect...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, think we did talk about
2: that. Yeah, don't worry, you've really got to beat us
0: over the head with
1: these facts for us to remember this shit. Man. Yeah, no, that's, this is why you're our uh, resident uh, Eastern philosopher, man. You know the most about this, uh, anybody we know. So,
2: <laughs> Well, you're in trouble. <laughs> we got a lot
1: so, more learning.
2: No, that's it. I see. I love that stuff. I think that's fun. You know, being like, you know, like being able to say, man, I don't know anything, you know, but, but Hey, guess what? That's how much more I have to learn. And it's awesome. You know, Well, I think
1: that's growth too. There's a lot of people that can't even do that. You know, I think it was hard for my twenties. That was like one of the toughest things for me to battle was I can be wrong or I am wrong, or I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, and, and it's hard to admit that if you're a proud person, you know?
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so now back to the, the gross intellect and subtle intellect. So now what we're talking about in discussing this first senses and perception and, and and all that, that's gross intellect. So what I mean by that is it's dealing with the terrestrial, it's dealing with uh matter and and such. You know what so I mean? So gross. <laughs> it's so disgusting. <laughs> so but, but, but subtle intellect is 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 trying to uh trying to get to ultimate truth okay that, what transcends that um and so like there's this, this mantra that i really love that uh is is you know vedantic in nature it's to say i'm not my mind i'm not my body i'm not my intellect i'm the self okay mm-hmm. so it's it's beyond that uh, you know whether you know whether we can hear um you know a frequency fr- frequency range that's you know this much wider than what we can now or whether we can see this or see that it's still talking about the, it's still dealing with the uh, uh the material you know
1: no i mean a lot of religious stuff backs even again not to reference it a million times that your ancient papers talks about what you're saying the mind the intellect the ego all that dissolves once you die you're just pure soul pure consciousness and uh that's literally the only thing that goes on and if you become too part of the material world you cease to exist because you've become this well, materialism I mean, like you've materialized so you know are no longer fluid between these realms you know
2: and this is i mean i th- i think you know i th- i think that's what why steiner was really adamant about warning the armonic you know because that's the if you want to know what the 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 armonic way is it's transhumanism you know <laughs> uh, so the
0: kardashians are fucked is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're
0: already dead
2: here I'll say this, man, because I I, 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 you know, the, 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 those people popped up on my YouTube. You know, I got I pulled my YouTube, and they, they, they're in their underwear and all this. Yeah. But, but let, let, me, let, let me tell you something it's about them. <laughs> now let me tell you something about them. They have the same otman as as Swami G.
0: Yeah.
2: You know. Uh, and so, like, I. That, but, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to think <laughs> that this is this is something that we were talking about also in study group last week. We had a really good discussion last time. But um,
1: they're coming tra- back as a- anal beads, is what you're saying, not tight.
2: <laughs> 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 well, hey, man, you get what you ask for, I guess. <laughs> but like, get trying to get to a point where where you actually try to treat others like you actually believe that everyone has the ottman. Uh, in them, you yeah. know what I mean, like so I was having this like thought experiment you know thinking thinking from the standpoint like an easy one to think of a figure would be Christ, so you know thinking uh if you believe the kingdom of God in and, 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 and let's say Christ is within, you would say, well would you treat Christ in this way or pick your would you treat Buddha in this way, would you treat Swamiji mm-hmm. in this way, would you treat yeah. yoda? this way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, like, I would I, will, like, I would. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like how different would you treat yourself and treat other people? I'm not saying I do this at all. What I was saying I, I think it's it's hard to do something like that even with the people that you love the most in your life. You know, sure. to think of them as divine. Like are you really treating am I really treating, you know all my family, even the closest people to me, like I believe they're divine? And
1: you're right. I, I, when I meditate, I see that I don't, you know, like I said, I can self reflect and see situations kind of outside myself and I notice that I'm not, you know, and if even what you're saying, like, find, you know, your enemy and treat him as, as if you would treat your like loved one, or if you can, you know, do that, maybe you can, you know, transcend or evolve. But I mean, it's so fucking hard, you know, like no matter how, you know much you learn or how you know much good energy you want to put out in the world it's still one of those things where you have this like i don't know this like piece of you that just wants to resist that you know
2: and and here-
1: oh, I, oh.
2: Well, I was going
0: to say it's a good thing to practice um like i have a friend you know and well, we're not going to get go down that no, road, but <laughs> you don't have any friends. <laughs> no, it's just a good thing to practice. You know, if if you see people doing things that maybe you don't agree with, you kind of accept that that's their thing, and that you know maybe not let it bother you so much, because like you said, you know everybody's part of the same thing here.
2: Yeah. Well. Uh, okay, that's a whole other tangent I want to go on in a second, but I wanted to circle back around to the Arjuna Krishna, because then what Krishna was telling Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita was that. Um, it sometimes uh, what is needed. So so as he's looking across the battlefield and saying, "How can I kill these people?" What you, he's saying, "What are you gonna? What are you gonna kill?" It's just the self, anyway. You know, uh, like what do you think you're gonna? What do you think you're gonna destroy? You know, he. he, he so in other words, sometimes um, you have to do what's right, even if it seems painful, or you know, there, there's like this. Um. Uh, you know you have to even see the self in your enemies even if you have to battle them to the death because it's the it's the right thing to do to save somebody you know what I well, mean?
1: Uh, Oppenheimer when he conceived the atomic bomb he quoted the Bhagavad Gita he said I am death destroyer of worlds Um, and he said that he had been getting like some sort of like message from above or something and that's how he conceived this thing and he prayed and he found like whatever entity he thought that he was speaking to told him this is necessary for the cycle of life and as much as you will be killing tons of people you will also be saving tons of people too so there was like a conundrum like an inner conundrum there you know
2: yeah that's an interesting one i i mean i (laughs) i
1: Well, that sucks that the people that dropped it didn't get that message because those people,
0: like, <laughs> killed themselves or had fucking insane uh, dreams and shit. I mean, could you imagine doing that?
2: Well, no. yeah, that That's whole thing. That whole thing. I mean, I mean, I know this is a tired old bit, but you know what? These, these people that start these wars, let, you know, let's get to a point where uh you know like these congressmen or whoever it is you guys go and you go you
1: you know what i mean yeah but this guy literally split the atom that's like not something that should have been taken lightly at all like whatever this this guy's like tesla but you know like this guy did something that is pretty fucking crazy you know
2: well look i mean um uh that goes for a lot of things you know like the the internet you know, like, uh, <laughs> it's something that's an incredible advancement that's, that's used both for, for good. I mean, we can sit here in different places and discuss uh, things that hopefully are we're trying to get to truth. And it could also be used to, for, you know, all kinds of devious stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so...
1: We talked about that before too. Like a car, a car can get you somewhere where you can save somebody's life, yeah. but it can also run somebody over and kill somebody.
2: Yeah. And and the same, the same self that that will be in you know. Somebody that's willing to risk their life to save somebody else, is the same self that's in the you know somebody that would fly a plane into a building or do some crazy mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's not what's making. The, the person do what they're doing. You know, I guess then mm-hmm. it comes down to free will and choice. The dilemma of choice is a big thing that is talked about in Vedantic philosophy that every second of every single person's life, there every, you hit your face with a choice. And so then they say, this is where they, they get really practical with it. They say, are you making it from, uh, are you making your choices from the mind or the intellect? You know? Um, and you know you go from there,
0: so what you don't want to make decisions from the mind
2: um, I, I, I this is how this is a great analogy for it is the mind is like a child that needs supervision the, <laughs> intellect, the intellect is the parent and so it's not that it's not that you can't make decisions from the mind or if you want to call it the heart because it, the mind is the it's where it's emotional, you know yeah. And, uh you know and i guess if you never did that you wouldn't have some of the amazing art or music you know that we love but uh, but but then like for instance to make policy <laughs> from a place of pure emotion is probably not uh, going to be a good road to go down you know yeah um
1: so we're talking about the ai one where People that have seen the future supposedly say that it's run by robots. Not that they control it, but that we put them in power since they will make well, the I, right decision every time. You know, because there's no emotion involved in that.
2: I just heard a story about in Ohio, some guy was convicted of uh, I forget with drug possession or whatever it was, and the judge, instead of referencing his his uh, his, his uh, rec- criminal record and assessing his. The, the, uh, 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 threat you know like the the, the risk assessment and all that she plugged in some algorithm and then it spouted out what the sentence should be you know and (laughs) I I I, I, I don't know about all that. It
0: might just be a random thing too you get you know Larson or something they're like you're gonna die well (laughs)
2: you know well and there's also technologies being used too for like social media and stuff that where they're trying to predict where uh, a riot might take place or be, f- through the, the, the activity and through this the is like minority
0: report, man, they're seeing crimes before they're fucking committed. Shit's crazy. Well, that's, yeah. well,
2: and that's what that's, you know, Hey, and that's where it's heading. But, there's a, you
0: know? well, but then in that movie, there's a big dilemma. Are they a criminal? If they're, if they might create the crime, you know, they're like arresting them before they, they would, you're committing the crime. No, they, we, they, they aren't
2: a criminal yet. No, if you believe that, then everybody should be in jail. Yeah, there's no,
1: there's no free will, basically. Well, that you was the you're not even the allowed movie, to you know? make your own decisions, you know?
2: Well, no, yeah. I mean, if you if you really believe anything, I mean, like, that, that, that's a weak, that's not a good, you know, that, that's not a good logical, sound way to look at anything. I mean, if, if that's how you're looking at it. Hey, man, they things. did it in that
0: minority report, man.
1: Yeah. Tom Cruise used that judgment, bro. He also believes in Scientology, and as much as I <laughs> believe in spirituality religion, let's face it, that's a fucking cult. So Oh man. <laughs> they keep people well, there.
2: Yeah, but what minority report, isn't it a Philip K. Dick
0: book? I don't know. I don't I'm not even I'm not sure. I just saw the major uh, Oh,
2: book. I kinda thought it was. Can somebody verify that? Oh no, let me look that I?
0: up, yeah. I'll find that out. Why? What, what's what's going on with that guy?
2: Oh, he, uh, <laughs>
0: doesn't sound creepy. good. Yeah, that moan. Yep, yeah, writers Philip K. Dick.
2: <laughs> so he was a uh, uh a sign- brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. <that> guy, man. <laughs> Go from the Vedas to Andy Dick, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kardashians, Andy Dick,
2: <laughs>
0: hashtag.
2: And it's all the self, man. That's the trip yeah. of it all.
0: Yeah.
2: But yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, Philip <laughs> K. Dick, <laughs> <laughs> the other Dick. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, he was he's science uh, was a science fiction writer, and he wrote uh, like a Scanner Darkly. Uh, that's a, that's another Richard Linklater film where he did that. Yeah, go I want
0: to watch those. Rotoscope.
2: You know, yeah and so but, but anyway i think he was really worried about um you know this kind of dystopian future that we're it's almost like this a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like the, the, uh, uh, you know this is we know where this is leading and we're doing it anyway yeah like you you it's got you know
1: two of black mirror it's exactly what you're describing pretty much
2: Oh man, I try to watch that show. And I, because you guys were talking, or uh, Hogan was talking about it. You know, and the thing is, I understand that they're trying to make a commentary about certain things, but it's just so vulgar. And, 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 uh, <laughs> it uh, is, I just, yeah. It's I mean, nutty. I just, it's a uh, bit nutty. Oh uh, man, I lost my thought again. Where is it going? Minority Report. Okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, if you guys want to really see what I'm talking about, about somebody that, that knows where sort of where this road is leading with this this kind of transhumanist philosophy and all all the, the stuff that goes with it look up, you guys could do do a whole show on this dude hugo de uh uh what's hold on let me write that down oh man uh hugo de tyson <laughs> <laughs> we could do a show on that guy too but but uh, Hugo de Guerra. Like, I mean, somebody
1: pays that guy, like NASA <laughs> pays that guy, to just tell them whatever they want
2: him to. It's say. almost like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know,
1: I, Hugo de Guerra. So, like, what what's this dude's deal?
2: Well, he he uh he he's. Um, I think he was contracted by the Chinese government. If I'm not well, I haven't looked into him in a while, but he was one of these scientists trying to reverse engineer the human brain for AI. Um, and, and he was on a mission, you know, and, 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 and but, but not, not only that, that's not the surprising thing about it, but what was surprising about him was he openly talks about how dangerous he thinks it is. And, and then he had this whole scenario. He, he was like, there's going to, humanity going to be split up. And this is actually what's going to happen is that it's going to be split up into two groups. There's going to be, like, for instance, like think of, like, like I think of my daughter who's, uh, you know, three and a half now, almost, you know, four in the spring. When by the time she's, let's say, in high school or uh, collegiate uh, uh, age, it could be a scenario where people are chipping their their brains or some kind of crazy thing so that you have instant access to like Google or you know things like that. Okay, so there's going to be there's going to be people that are going to choose to do that. And then there's going to be people that are going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. And then there, then inevitably, then there's going to be, you know, policies. Skynet, yeah. Well, there's going to be policies that are going to be made around things like that. And then there's going to be people that are going to resist it. So he had this whole scenario. He called the people that were for the transhumanist ideology, the cosmos, and then the people that were against it, the Terrans. And he said it's going to be the greatest cause of conflict uh, this century that's already um,
1: happening people are already putting wi-fi um, things in their brains and stuff tell- like i saw a show that people just are putting like mechanical things in their body right now
2: yeah and and, and i'm telling you it's going to become a massive problem because what's going to happen is if you choose not to do that you're going to be so far behind in certain things you know like uh, like uh, uh, yeah um, uh it's and, crazy you know what so, i mean so so then then somebody
1: emps this shit and then you fucked, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: No, you better start working out because then your body is gonna be. You're gonna need to use your body to lift shit because your brain ain't going to work. Yeah,
2: but but you know, but then I, like, so I mean, and that's all kind of bleak and everything. But I look at it like this: look. Like, like i said i'm here what am i gonna do to get myself better you know like i make flaws every minute of every day but what can i do to be a better person because i don't believe any of this is it anyway that's why like way earlier when you were saying you know you you were saying this is what's real and it's like well i i know what you mean like this moment is what we have i think right am i wrong and that's what you meant no that's like you know i mean
1: you know i believe in like god and spirituality and stuff so like what i mean is you right now is the only thing you can reach out and touch. Cause a second ago, when I just said that it's already gone, you know?
2: So, so. It, yeah. Yes. In that sense, I, I agree with you. This, the, like we think of this linear uh, version of time and everything, but like your, but I think your sentiment is no, what you, it, this is all you have. Okay. Right. So in that I mean, sense, live it's here very
1: now real. live here now, you know, like yeah. this present moment.
2: Yeah. It's like, so in that sense, I a hundred percent agree, but then also in the, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, but I, I need to, what you know, I need to wake myself up from it right. too, you know?
1: Well, I agree with you too. There's just too much. We don't know to just make a definite, you know, decision on that, obviously. And what you're saying coincides with like, what all the ancient texts say, like, how are these people able to figure this out and it still makes sense to this day, you know? So, I mean, who knows?
2: Well, because well, this is one the other thing that I um, to that point that I, that attracts me to Vedantic philosophy is that it's very uh, um, uh, it, it 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 compels you to question everything. Okay, so that's the sign of a, a pretty good um, philosophy right off the bat is that you're not supposed to just take anything out of blind faith. Um, there there is faith. Obvi- the, the, faith is a necessity to to co- to function period. You know, as a society, as an individual, you have to have faith in, in multiple different kinds of ways. And I'm, I'm not talking about just metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but um, but it, 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 you have to question everything. You have to experiment with it. You have to, like, th- these things like distinct uh, distinction between mind and intellect, um, between gross intellect, subtle intellect, between tamasic, rajasic, Sattvic. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it really breaks it down and, and then it gets down to the dilemma of choice and then gives you the power uh, ultimately, ultimately to either create a heaven for yourself or a hell, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a massive power and responsibility. So... It-
1: Back to the Mahabhatarata.
2: <laughs> cool um,
1: <laughs> but uh, they've got, there's a few. So there's the, um, the story of is, is, you were talking about the Kura, etc. Is that what you were talking about? The, the, uh, the war between, I think it was the two princes. Is that what you were talking about earlier? The story that you read in the Bhagavad Gita?
2: What are you calling it? I don't, I, don't I, I, I it's 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 the it's called Kuruksetra.
1: Setra. Right. and then but then so they're all part of the, they're all part of this though. So like the Bhagavad Gita, uh Ramayana, uh and Damvantari, and I don't know how to pronounce that last right. one. And I got <laughs> Baby. <laughs> um but then uh, the one I do want to talk about which I have actually learned a little bit about was the Ayurveda, which is like the ancient medical text. Uh, Um, it's their system. It's like all, you know, like the Eastern medicine, we're talking about Eastern philosophy, but Eastern medicine is this is where it's derived from. Um, and it's said to have come from the gods and the sages and they passed it down to the physicians. Um, and the, the God that supposedly is the God of medicine is the, uh, Don Ventari guy. Um, and, uh, it's based
2: on like complex like, herbal. That guy sounds Italian. A- Don Fatari. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> it's, like
1: man. D, it's, like D, it's like D H A N V A N. Are you reading this right? Yeah. the gods
2: gave it to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) it's based on uh, complex herbal compounds, minerals and uh, metal substances. They've had some issues with it in current times because there's some like light mercury and some like lead and like some poisonous metals that are associated with some of this stuff. So there's been some, you know, controversy surrounding that. But I mean, even this is from like ancient B.C. we're talking about some say it's even tens of thousands of years old. Um, and, uh, you know, it talks about stuff even back then, like rhinoplasty, removing kidney stones, sutures. Um, they think it was created like in the Indus, uh, Valley civilization. Um, and it's broken down into, uh, disciplines. And I here I have a list of, it's called, uh, the first one's the medicine of the body. So that just talks about like things that can help cure, you know, ailments like, you know, holistic kind of stuff. And then the next one's pediatrics. So that would be like the health of like kids and everything. Uh, the next one's the extraction of foreign objects. So if you get something stuck in you or some sort of, you know, arrow or whatever, um, extra, uh, it, you know, and then, then it breaks down the next one's like ears, eyes, nose, and mouth. So like your orifices basically, and how to, you know, deal with those. And then the next one's the pacification of possessing spirits. So that one's kind of hoaxy because it's like, do they mean like, um, you know, like demonic possession or like one of these gods inhabiting the body or like what's going on there I, that I don't know.
2: Um, well, that if I, if I could say something about sure. that, um, um, yeah, this is something that I've talked to my dad a lot uh, about is that I think one of the, the, the ideas that Steiner would put, put forth is that if you're not, uh, if you think of your, 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 uh, your whole self, you know, as we are right now, your body, the, the, the decisions you make, um, the whole thing. If you're not using it for good, you're opening yourself up to be it is sort of a vessel for, like he would say, the armonic, you know, okay. or the luciferic. And so it's, so in that sense, it's, it's like through your own apathy or through your own uh, the, the tamasic you're opening, I mean, that's his way of saying it, you know, I think was like, if you're, if you're not, <laughs> uh, it's like the Bob Dylan song, you got to serve, what is it? You got to serve somebody, you know? Right. Right. I mean, uh, you know, and so
1: hey, Bob Dylan was Jewish, but then he saw Jesus, uh, later on in his life and converted. I mean, most people don't realize that he had some mystical experience in a hotel room, I think in the late seventies,
2: yeah, he put some uh-huh. gospel records out. Yeah,
1: he put a gospel record. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, most people don't and they know. And yeah, they
2: were garbage.
1: But he legitimately <laughs> had, like, a, a Jesus experience. No,
2: I, don't, I don't, don't
1: know
0: if they were good or bad. Have you heard them?
2: Um. You, well, you, you know, uh, well, a little bit. But what I have heard is uh, there's an album that came out uh that's uh, it's gospel versions of Bob Dylan songs by a, a group called Brothers and Sisters, and it's incredible. My favorite one is uh, uh, "I Shall Be Released."
0: Yeah, oh, it's I just, like song, I, yeah, it's
2: i mean, imagine that with a full gospel choir. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just.
0: Yeah, the band uh, used to cover that song. It's pretty yeah. good. it oh, has yeah. a gospel feel to it. Already. Well, it's
2: kind of—they—they they kind of adopted it. I mean, mo- I think most people think of it as their song. Oh, basically. okay, yeah, 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 just, right. just like people think of "All Along the Watchtower's Jimi Hendrix, you know, right. because he really made the song. But but what he was saying though is the same thing, I think, that those people, again, it's these things, these truths that are being said in a poetic way. It's like, you know, it, we're thinking of it like a, like you're being possessed by a demon or a, this or that. What it is is you're being possessed by, by lower ideals and ideas, and, and that's going to create your experience, and that's going to, in turn, help create what world is around you. You know, and so that's the, you got to serve somebody. That's I think that's what that's about. It's like, man, if you're not so that makes that, sense
1: then, because when I first read that, I'm like, eh, what's going on here? So well, but now that you explain it in that way, correlated with the things that you've studied that, I mean, it puts a little bit of context to it. So it makes a little bit more sense.
2: Well, cause like, if you, like, if we think of that, that battle, even if we bring it back to something like, um, uh, you know, Arjuna and the two families, um, you know, that's a battle within and you, you kind of have to make a choice. You know, if you're, if, if, if you're doing something that, you know, in, in in your own conscience is wrong, you're serving something that's, that's against your own interest, you know? Sure. And I mean, I, I guess you could make a case to call that evil, you know, you're doing something that is, you know, you're, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So right, that's so how last, I would interpret that. The
1: last three of this of these disciplines, the uh, toxicology, obviously mm-hmm. that's self-explanatory. Um, rejuvenation tonics. So obviously they concocted some sort of uh, drinks and potions and tonics. Yeah, some serums and uh, <laughs> was able to do some stuff with that. And then the last one. Um, which we all know about, like the Kama Sutra. They're obviously very into the sexual Ooh, nature. Ooh, hey! Uh, this one's uh, aphrodisiacs, and then it says, it, and it even says increasing ju- juices like semen. And yes, yes. Things. So um, they're obviously all about the sex on that, you know, on that front. <laughs> obviously, it's for reproducing, but maybe not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need that many moves. Just to
1: reproduce, but hey, man, you got to have some
0: pleasure somewhere, right?
1: It's like uh, there's an episode of The Office where
2: (laughs) where Andy Bernard (laughs) drinks this concoction. It's
1: supposed to be a seahorse concoction from like Chinese herbs, and he drinks like the whole thing, and he gets super sick. It's supposed to make you like virile, and he drinks the whole thing, and gets super fucking sick. So, I mean, I'm sure back then they had all sorts of shit. They probably had uh, testers, you know, like, will this guy die, or does this thing work, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, um, I forgot all about that Kama Sutra. Why is, you know, what's up with that? Do you know anything about that?
2: <laughs> um, no, you know, again, I I, I tried to like as far as the the Swami you know, the, the, he stays away from that shit. Well, no, no, what he said like like for instance, he puts it in a like in the in the book I referenced, the Fall of the Human Intellect. You know, he talks about um reasons why people should or should not get married and finding people that are compatible, compatible with your desires as far as um, sexual desire. So like if you're, if you're very sexually active and have a high desire for it, you, yeah. you would be better off to pairing with somebody that has a similar thing. And, and, and you know, and and then you're going to have conflict if there's, there's a disconnect with that. So he's looking at it very practically. So he he doesn't, he doesn't get into any of the, the, the other stuff because you have to remember that from, um a Vedantic point of view the whole end game is to decrease worldly desire and I would say sex definitely it's one of the most primal um you know what I mean uh
0: how you how you introduce other souls into the world isn't it uh
2: yeah I mean look I I don't um yeah but but can you honestly say hey, that that when every time you're having sex, you're thinking, oh i'm getting, oh look at me i'm I'm helping create a soul
0: no, for sure not, I'm just saying no, yeah. he's never had that I, one
2: of course i'm not <laughs> no no, of course, I'm not thinking saying the
0: opposite actually. <laughs>
2: But of course, I'm not saying sex itself is bad because we wouldn't be here, you know. Right, right. But but but, but you understand what I'm saying? It's like logistics aren't
1: important as long as it's happening. Is what you're saying? What's that? I said the logistics aren't as important as long as it's happening, and you know, there's there's things moving on that front. Basically, like the act, the specifics isn't as important as just the fact that it is happening and that people are procreating in the life and the world's still spinning, you know.
2: Well, I mean, in the only reason people are born is because they have they have they they have to exhaust their vasanas. Their that's your bundle of desires, it's your inherent that's to, to them that's the why. Why are we here? It's to it's to it's to get rid of the, the 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 lower self and get to the self with a capital S and drop your desires. That's why that's why we're here, you know. Um, and so then if you don't tame, I mean, it's a powerful thing, you know, the senses, any, any of them, I mean, you could get caught up in any of them. And, uh, you know, that's a tough does one it, to, you know.
1: Does it ever talk about what Atman is beyond the scope of just this world? Like, does it ever talk about, like, the universe or the stars or, like, does it, I know you say it's, like, everything, but is there any, like, specifications on that ever, like, from anything you've read?
2: Uh, I, I know that the Vedas do say things about that, but I, uh, you know, again, I, my, the, the things that I study, they, they deal with how to be a productive, dynamic, uh, 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 positive person. And so, like, you know, I keep coming back to these things where it's like, I, I, if I start wondering about, you know, the universe and the, the origin of this and that. It's like, I can't, you know, I'm just so
1: you're saying, does it knock you off your path of like your focus of what you're trying to accomplish? So therefore yeah. it's not important to you because, um, because it's, it's, it kind of almost like takes away from time that you could be doing to, to focus on these good, these good things and these self things and that kind
2: of stuff. Exactly. So like, um, the, the way that they define, or at least the, the Swami defines, sin, is uh, is mental agitation, and 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 so peace is just a cessation of mental agitation. Now, if I can get a hold of the little things in my life to decrease mental agitation, that's my main concern, you know. And and, and, I, and I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't see how I can get to that from pondering about the uh it's fun. Like I do, don't get me wrong. I, I, I do like thinking, okay, no, it's what good. is it all? Here's you know, the thing,
1: though, that's your path. That's what you're trying to accomplish. Like for me, I'm on a, like a wisdom path. It's a little bit different because there is a lot of learning involved with that of a, like ancillary things that, I find sometimes the details in certain things are far more important than the big picture shit. So therefore uh-huh. I'm learning as much shit as I can so I can deduct the details that are important, you know? So I'm on a little bit different of a path, but no one's, there's no right or wrong. Like your, your path yourself, that that's, that's what you should do, you know? Cause that's, if you, something takes away from your goal, then, you know, it's a waste of time.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, yeah.
1: Um, maybe not in the sense that you would get something out of it but it's not directly helping that thing that you're trying to invoke which is like true you know loss of like ego and like true self you know
2: yeah you know and i, I well i would define wisdom as um uh, it's knowing how to properly use the knowledge that you've gained you know how to apply it sure. um and so like I would like to get to that point someday, you know, to be able to really know how, like, the interesting thing is that, um, like, at the, this lecture, he, so Swamiji's daughter, Sanandaji, uh comes once a year and does a Bhagavad Gita lecture, and you guys should come next time. She's incredible.
1: Yeah, I when mean. is it? Uh,
2: she usually does it in the fall, so I'll let is you guys in, know. Is it
1: in Detroit? Yeah.
2: She did it, uh, out in, uh, at this beautiful church out in, uh, like West Bloomfield or it was at Orchard Lake or somewhere out there, Perfect. you know, yeah,
1: let us know that well, I'm super interested.
2: Uh, yeah, it'd be worth the, the, the drive for you to come back, man, for that. But she does like a, th- what is it? A four day series and she'll, she'll cover a chapter or a, t- you know, the, the, a specific part of the Bhagavad Gita. But, um. Oh, man, what were I, I just completely um,
1: you were telling know. her that she comes into town and she did a talk and you were about, oh, to man, something no,
2: no, it was something that she said. What? oh, man, I got so excited about Synology. I lost my train <laughs> of thought about that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Must be a good lecture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there was uh, so many good things she said. What the heck was it that I was going to say that really stuck out to me? Yeah, oh, man.
1: Yeah, the Tomasic, got it, bro. You're done.
2: <laughs> oh, man, that's frustrating. Well, maybe it will come back.
1: What uh if it was meant you, to be it will, bro. Do you go do you go to a lot of these like lecture type things or like do you just do it when it involves your your teacher or her his daughter or whatever or do you find yourself going to like a lot of that kind of stuff?
2: Um I wish I did, um, but I, I went. I went to three of the four nights, and I had. I think I had a gig or something, and I had to play. Um, and then I hold the study group, and um, the reason that I hold the study group is because the deal is that Swamiji has a disciple, and he's out in Troy, I think. And he, and he kind of said to the owner of the yoga studio, "If you guys can get a consistent, like 10, 15 people coming to your study group, then I'll come in." And and start teaching, you know. So we're, it's I'm trying to build that up to get a, the real guy, you know. Because I I can sit here and, and and talk about my thoughts on things, but he, he you need somebody uh, that's really like. So he went and put in a lot of time and a lot mm-hmm. of thought into this, and uh, so the ideal that I'm working towards is try to try to get him consistently. So back in the day at the yoga studio I, I, I uh, teach at. We used to have lectures semi regularly, at least, um, uh, with one another one of Swamiji's disciples, who now has uh, he's got a live stream that he does. His name's Gautam, and his uh, his uh, 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 channel is called Vedanta with Gautam. Uh, you guys should check it out; he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it was a long answer. I don't I, I don't get to go to as much as I would like to because Amit, who is the other guy that I'm trying to get to our place, he holds a study group, but I'm always working when he has it. So like mm-hmm. when so for instance when G comes, it's really like I'd really try to make that a prior, priority to go. There may be a bunch of other people doing you stuff.
1: Send Maurice and his his new Maurice's video production company out there and just record it for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh they uh, they actually have a, a decent amount of like uh, r- resources and stuff online for okay. it. So, um, uh, anyway, but 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 th- that's where I like I try to make up through it uh, for it through th- through the study group through my own study and, you know and trying to get that sodvic time. And I had a few days this week where I really got to get up you know at five. And it it's, it makes it makes all the difference. I got up, studied. That first Should have been the first four,
1: bro. You missed an hour. Yeah, yeah
2: I did, I did. But but then I had like a couple of rehearsals for. We have a fish gig coming or a fish cover gig coming up, so I have to rehearse late. It's and Chris's then it's
1: band, like, uh Fluffhead, check them out. Detroit area local fish cover band. They're pretty sick.
2: Come heckle. And uh, <laughs> your, oh, your tomatoes. <laughs> and but anyway so then that's the tough thing man because then i then i then i have a rehearsal and i'm up till midnight you know and it's like yeah
1: it's tough yeah trey uh, will do that to you do you pick the, the wrong band to cover my friend
2: you know i would love it you know you know like on that note like he has he seems like he has some cool ideas about life and have you, and, you ever know,
1: listened he, to Gaiuti or story of a ghost it talks about a ghost like did you ever listen to lyrics to that i was texting kevin one night the weirdest shit like if you sit there and you're in the right mind you can kind of take what he's kind of saying and you're like this is some mystical shit that's happening
2: i could tell you, know? you exactly what what ghost uh, what ghost is about um because tom marshall did a podcast uh, and and d- oh, discussed really? it yeah nice. um so th- what he said happened was when he was um whatever that school was taft or whatever in new jersey where they went to school he had a friend and he he um uh, I'm going to mess this story up, but he, this guy, uh, was sort of like, what did he call him? His, uh, soul protector or something. And this mm-hmm. guy just would like, they, they had this telepathic weird thing. You'll have to go back he, he, he has a podcast called, um, under the scales, have you okay. guys have you guys listened to this?
0: No, no, I never even knew I didn't know anything oh,
2: about it. Oh, you guys would lo- you get you guys got to listen. It's phenomenal. He has Trey on and Trey's telling all these stories and all this stuff. But anyway, that's what that's what Ghost is about. He had this friend, he's like I feel like I and he's telling the, the lyric is from the point standpoint of telling Trey, I feel like I never told you the story about the ghost. I once knew and talked to, but would never okay. boast. Like he would, he never would, he never told anybody about it. And then he said years later, he, um, cause there, there was, I'm forgetting that there was one incident that was really incredible where the guy like kind of knew it said what he was thinking or well, something. That,
1: okay. So like in that song, when you listen to the lyrics, um, it talks about like what I took from it was somebody was communicating with somebody like a ghost or something. And that he was receiving like productive shit to use like, Like, you know, I forget the lyric, but it talks about like he gained like enlightenment from something that he learned from this thing, you know?
2: Well, yeah, it was not a, like enlightenment
1: profound, in the terms of like enlightenment, yeah. but like he just, he learned something very important, you know, and no, you
2: know. it had, it had a, a really profound effect on him. You, you, you got to look up that specific episode. You should listen to it tonight, man. You, you would love it. It's, and then, but then here's the crazy thing. Then he, like years later, cause he's still friends with the guy. He, he was like having dinner and he's like, he was like, you know, I never really talked to you about, cause they didn't really talk about it. It was this mm-hmm. unspoken thing he's like, you know, you kind of... I think he felt like he saved his life or something. And then the friend was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, like, completely <laughs> denied it. So well, it's a funny. weird thing. So it's, like, it's it's a weird thing where you could you could have this... Talk about, you know, what's real. You know, this perception of you this thing right. and the, or this relationship. And the guy's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. You know?
1: Guyudi. Uh, I was listening the same night. We're talking about ghosts. I did the same thing with Gaiuti. I think I was watching fish on YouTube from, like, a like a small club in New York, I think in, like, the late 90s. And there was, like, it was, like, some show, like, backstage or soundstage yeah, or something awesome. like that.
2: I love and, that.
1: See, I've seen that. It's pretty sick. And, and, and they talk, like, a little bit before each song or whatever, but then they played that, and then they played Gaiuti. And Gaiuti, when I was listening to it, I'm like, this is, has something to do with, like, the devil or, like, a demon or something, something trying to, like, something that came to one of them in the middle of the night. I don't know how that one was written either, but... Um, I know some of the stuff's in the fish book, and I know some of it you know
2: people know, but um
1: that yeah,
0: the whole is. album the whole album has like a dark overtone to it, even the artwork and everything
2: well, Gaiuti yeah. was written in nineteen ninety four old and and it was it was also um it was written as a piece with I think my friend my friend uh, ah,
1: yeah, that, that's a classical composition because that was one of the more composition ones, kind of like how they did Hunta that's like one of the songs that was kind of like let like run over you know what's that my friend my friend like the way it's composed like it's kind of more it should have been like on hunter like the style of it compared to Rift. oh
2: yeah um yeah so those those two were written as a piece together i think was the original idea and then yeah, he and plays the-
1: them with the classical orchestra when he does that he plays both of those
2: Oh, okay, yeah. And then he, he kind of bagged it because he, he, he didn't feel like it was up to par, you know? And so then mm-hmm. they left it alone for a while, and then they came back to it. you know, with story. Well, as
1: you know, Gaiuti's hard as fuck to play. I mean, I can play the first couple parts, but then it gets into the, the, the chaos, and I just lose it there.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Hard. It is, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, the only thing I was going to ask you, though... Um, how did you, like, how did you arrive on these Vedas and this Indian, like, obviously you were in a spiritual quest after that accident. You were changing your life, turning everything around. What did you, like, what, how did you arrive on this? Like, what, like out of all the religions and all the cultures, like Buddhism, Hindu, you know, all this stuff, like what drew you the most? Like what spoke to you, um, to help you? Like, I think everybody's got their own idea of what works or what they think is the truth or whatever, but like what, about it made that your truth?
2: Um, well, let's see. That's a tough one. Um, well, a lot of things were happening all kind of like in concert with each other. You know, like that accident happened, but it wasn't like the next day, <laughs> you know. Uh,
1: well, I'm sure you were fucked up, obviously. But I'm saying like down the line, like when you started, like, you know, we all stay together. You were doing yoga. You were doing all this crazy shit. And then I think, I don't think you were there of where you are now back then in terms of the spiritual side. I think it was just more, you were being healthy and cleaning up your mind
2: um, Uh, and body. It's it's actually the, the other way around. What happened was I was, yeah, I was, Mm. this would have been like towards the end of 2008. I was like, I, I, I was still, like I had given up some of my darker things I was doing mm-hmm. I would say, but I was still like drinking and, and kind of partying and kind of just like, but I was in a law. like, this isn't going anywhere. You know, I was getting, uh, I was, uh, I guess I was, you know, 24 and you're getting to that point where you're like, okay, you know, this is, <laughs> you know, where's this really getting me, you know? And so anyway, I was trying to figure that out. And then, um, so a lot of things happened, like kind of, uh, together to, to get me to that point. So I, then I, um, uh, I read Rudolf Steiner's philosophy of freedom, um, which if you guys haven't read that, I mean,
0: yeah, I got to check that out.
2: I've read it a, a few times and it, it's really, it's not an easy thing to read. I was going
0: to say if my brain can handle it. <laughs>
2: no, you like really, you take your time and you just, you, you really try to understand what he's saying. Read a page
1: a night. I mean, a lot of the spiritual it's stuff that. is complex to <laughs> Read it's
2: a sentence a night. So, so I had read that. Obviously, you know, I, I I feel really fortunate to have really cool parents in the sense that they never forced any kind of thing one way or the other. But then, I my dad especially has always had the, the anthroposophy thing going on. You know, so mm-hmm. so I so I read that and that like I remember. Um, uh, kind of a- around that time, I read that and then I read, um, Yogananda, uh, Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi and, uh, and then a, a couple other things about him. And, uh, then a couple other kind of, like, of these kind of guru types, like, uh, uh, Vedanta, Krishna. what what the heck was that guy? Bhakti Vedanta was his name. He was okay. another guru type, and I think he was the guy that George Harrison was into. So I read his stuff, and, and
1: Dude, George Harrison solo shit after he did all that's fucking unbelievable.
2: Yeah, so so I was into that, but th- then what happened? But I was still like in some ways I was kind of in this like in between kind of thing. But then it, then New Year's happened to lead into 2009, and I got mono and got massively sick and bedridden for uh like 3 weeks straight and then I, and, and and could I remember that you remember that yeah and you I could, gave them the mano <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> playing beer pong inside no actually, i actually i i was playing beer pong and that's exactly i know I that's what i'm how, saying we were inside yeah. the house dude
1: like in the living room you pong in a house in detroit you're gonna get mono.
2: <laughs> no we were at, we were at some, some 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 uh kind of a yuppie party thing Yeah, oh, that's what it okay. was i thought it yeah, was the like are bad. spreading it but, but, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> so anyway, all so that, so what happened was, though, that this is one of those things, kind of like the accident, where it's like it, it seems like this awful thing, but then it, it it's this, you know, it's like, uh, um, you know, uh,
1: what came before? Did you awakening before the accident, or did you have mono after the
2: accident? I had the, what happened was I had the accident. And then it was like, it was, ha- was start- starting to really question things, but then got like massively addicted to the painkillers that I was prescribed to Oh shit. and, yeah. and then kind of circled back to some other darker habits, you know, and then, and so, so that this was a couple of years after that I was struggling and struggling and trying to get over that. Mm-hmm. And it was really tough, man. And, 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 uh, so anyway, then the mono happened and then right around that same time, um, uh, it was Dan Zelinsky was like, I'm going to go. Uh, uh, our good friend, Dan, who's an awesome musician and bass player and great friend and great guy. Doesn't he, he like, live in like China now or something? He does. Yeah. And he's hmm. playing music and, 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 seems like he's doing really awesome, you know, really well. But Shut anyway, he's like, Dan. Dan, yeah, I miss him. But he was like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go take a yoga class. You want to go? And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Because I was just really, old. this was right after the mono. And and what happened with the mono is I was bedridden, so I couldn't do any, anything. I couldn't eat. I lost a ton of weight, couldn't eat or anything. So then I went to the class with them. And then right after that, um, uh, then I kept reading and kept taking stuff in. And then, um, uh, then kind of started dating Sarah, uh, who's my wife now. And then uh, she got me to go to the yoga shelter. Now that's a whole long story to to get to the point because the yoga shelter was owned by a guy uh, who was um, a, a, a serious and still is an avid follower of Swamiji, and that's how I got exposed to the to the Swami. Um, and and re- th- so then I went to training to become a yoga instructor a, a little after that. And, and read that The Fall of the Human Intellect. That's the book, the kind of the intro book for me. And so then what I did was I would get up at 4, and I would read a sentence of that book and then rewrite it in my journal in my own words. You know, I did that with the whole book, and that took me about a year. And got pretty – then that, that was, you know, it's that, at that point that was – you know, a pretty serious endeavor. And so I was kind of committed to it. And, sure. But what, but the re what I found though, was that there's re- real tangible change that you can bring, you know, with, with these things. So that's a long story, but it's been, I mean, a- we all have different
1: stories. We all have different paths. I, I find that interesting. And I think that, um, your story doesn't sound like you, um, Kind of were deciding any one thing or the other. You just kind of were living life and things just started to evolve. And then you kind of found yourself later on when you were kind of already into it and you kind of understood that this is what this is. And, you know, um, but it sounds like that's kind of how it works for most people. I know for me, I was going through a tough time and I found a text and it, um, a book and, you know, papers, whatever you want to call them. And uh, it kind of opened up my eyes, I guess reopened my eyes. I grew up religious, but it reopened up my eyes to spirituality and then it doesn't have to be this brick and mortar, you know, community type thing. It's a, it's a very self, you know, involved thing where only you can find the right path that works for you. And only you can decide what's going to be the right play for you. And, And since I've done on my own path, I've noticed my, fears, anxieties, troubles, aches, pains, whatever is kind of gone away because it does push you in a direction where you're like, this is fucking good. This is awesome. I'm, you know, I'm striving for something, you know, there's a goal here and it's not like a goal, like, oh, I'm going to make this amount of money or I'm going to do this. It's a goal that's going to like transcend time, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and that goes it. Re- oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say that was another Michael's minute. <laughs> Preach on brother. Preach on.
2: Yeah, but, but what you find, though, when you, when you have an experience like that, where you have, like, a self-change type of scenario, is that you get a real sense of the fact that, like, then when, it, when I measure that against the nights where it would be, you know, getting to be, the sun was about to come up and I'm lying in bed, like, please let me fall asleep, <laughs> I just want to fall asleep, you know, like, you, you know, you, you know what hell is, you know, right. and then, then you find out, wait, I, I'm doing that to myself and I don't even know myself. And then, then you find out, well, here's another way. And it's, it's, it's through your, you. it's that internal thing. Like you said, it's an individual internal process and you can make it one or the other, <laughs> you know? Right. And well,
1: I find it super. I mean, look, you've already obviously learned a lot. You're well-spoken on the subject. You know what you're talking about. I think it brings interesting light, cause I don't think there's, there's not people. There's not a lot of people that think about spirituality in general, but let alone concepts within ancient, you know, texts and uh, religions and stuff that convey messages that are still super useful today. And I don't think there's enough learning of those types of things going on right now. It's like like we were talking about earlier. It's like which Kardashian's got the bigger ass. You know, like that's more important than i tell you who does your your self spirituality. You know. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, um, that's always been the draw for me with the whole um, thing of being a yoga instructor. Um, Cause uh, it's, it's a, because of course it's a strange thing when you're, you're talking about things that are very, very important to you and they're very internal and very personal and very, you know, like you said, spiritual, but then I'm, then I'm teaching a class and there's, It's very, it's in a lot of ways, very physical and people get, it's kind of like attached to just that part of it because it's so, it is awesome. I mean, you get to take care of yourself, but there's a whole other world to it that I've always, that's always been the part that I connect with.
1: Could you do yoga and still be tamasic? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what you're talking about. I do about. it all the
2: like time, man. You're, you're doing
1: yeah. it for the health and not the self, kind of.
2: That's exactly right. So that's that's one of that's I don't want to say it's one of my fears, but it's one of the things that... that's
1: probably less detrimental though than like other things because it could be. But you know, you could what work I, on yourself. Too, you know, if you do yoga three times a week, and one of the time you're just doing it for, you know, your 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 spirituality, and the other times you're doing it for your your health or whatever. I mean, you're, at least you're doing something along those lines, you know.
2: Well, but this is this is the and and uh, this Saturday I'm doing a class called Beyond the Physical, and I'm doing it just for this reason because plug it. I'm all plug it, man. Yeah, twelve thirty.
1: <laughs> Shameless, baby. Yeah, I like it.
2: Well, hey, you know, but no. here's the real truth of it, though. Like when you say, oh, well, you'll, you'll be doing yoga or you're doing, here's how you do yoga. You try to find yourself. That's, that's it. You know, the poses are, are a way to prepare the body for seated meditation and to maintain a healthy lifestyle.
1: Yeah, it looks like a big game of Twister, is what it looks like. But yeah. Well, that's
2: that's that that gets into I'm like joking. gymnastic type things. Right. You know, it's like that's not the, that that's not the main event. You know what I mean? Right, right. The self you, is. You said so the physical t- exercises are actually a, a, quite a small fraction of what actually yoga is. <laughs> it's just it's barely even. <laughs> it, it, there's not a single thing about that in the Bhagavad Gita, for instance. You know, that's it, not even. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 an intro it's not you know it's not the end game you know it's yeah. um i'm t- I'm talking about just the postures because when we say yeah, yoga' that's what what, I'm talking about. What, what yoga the word means is to uh more or less to rejoin with the self um and, and so the word religion has a really similar um uh meaning at its roots to to rejoin um with God basically you know. Yeah, That's all it is.
1: When do you when you teach, do you talk about these things, or is it just purely like relax and do this or do that, or is there are you teaching about the you know spot, uh, you know the tamasic and the rajasic and all that stuff, or what 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 what's going on? Just so I've actually never been to a yoga class, so.
2: I try to balance i mean I try to throw in some things, but at the same time you know <laughs> i am no master of anything either, so i don't I don't want to come uh, come off as some preachy person, you know what I mean mm-hmm. um but that's why i try to I try to hold the study group where we t- we all it is is we're just discussing like we're doing right now, kind of yeah, exactly. but by
1: not, by not preaching, you're actually following your own philosophy, which is to you know you're not getting involved with that part of yourself, you know.
2: So yeah, and, and but and it's a balance because then I also feel like I I, I have a, a, an obligatory duty as well to not just to, to to at least try to expose people to the idea that there's a whole other world to it.
1: So you're dropping breadcrumbs. crumbs. You're just like allowing t- like little bits to like hopefully inspire some of these people to look into it or something.
2: Yeah, I try to. Or if, for instance, I'll be in class and I'll tell a little thing that we talked about in study group. You know, mm-hmm. but the reality is there are thousands of people that come to to the classes at the studio, and only two or three show up consistently. You know,
0: gotcha. Um, and that's and- beyond the physical Saturday at twelve thirty.
2: Yeah this guy the yogish no, really, out there. no really that's why i'm doing that that event is because um because there's so much more you know there's well, so there's much a more. lot
1: of, yeah there's a lot to life bro you got to keep doing shit
2: yeah just like you guys man
1: you got to keep on trucking yeah well that's the whole goal of this podcast we've said it before it's just to bring more knowledge to the world. There's too much stupid shit out there. You know, there's not enough, you know, intelligent conversations or inquisitive conversations or, you know, things that are opening up people's minds. It's more just visual in front of your face stuff and less, you know, thinking and, and, and you know... Um, belief and faith and all that kind of stuff. So we're just trying to get, you know, disseminate the, some of this information that we've learned. And we're not experts either, but at the same time, you know, we, we're reading up on the stuff, we're learning the stuff, we're ingesting it, you know, the way anybody else would.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's one thing Swami says is that thinking is an art and it's a skill and it has to be practiced, you know, just like learning any any high skilled trade or any you know, an instrument or something it's not something you just are we think we, because we have thoughts that we know how to think but it's an actual it's a real discipline you know that that uh, like that governing of the, the the mind with the intellect and it's a balance so yeah man
0: that's a good way to go out tonight chris
2: hey you know all right thanks, folks. thanks
0: for coming my man Thanks hey, for joining us this. on another
1: episode, Christopher. I love it. All right, well, uh, there you have it. We got another one in the books: uh, Eastern philosophy and uh, the Vedas. So we're gonna kick out, and uh, we'll see you on episode eleven. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> so All
2: right. Thanks, guys.